Hi everyone, it's Jack from the pod here. Um, just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes. You know, and these are these are our opinions. Um, and it's yeah, it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight. So don't take this too seriously, um, and please keep that in mind when you're listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy the podcast. Afternoon, welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. My name is Hugh. I am back today in the back seat. I'm joined by Jack as always. We're back to the original lineup. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, normal service is resumed. You know, we've we've mixed the formation up, we've changed the personnel, shiny new signing, but we've gone back to basics for this podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, I'm dealing with that horrendous dog that's ruined previous episodes <laughs> I've shut all, all the windows all the doors Goodness so I'm just man. praying we can just make it through before the inevitable how are you I'm good I'm good um just to let the fans know that I haven't been taking any time of mourning due to the queen although I am terribly sad by her majesty's passing I was actually mourning I lost to Man United and needed a, a couple of weeks to recover from that 3-1 loss at Old Trafford but I'm back I am well <laughs> I'm ready to get into it. It's my first Champions League pod, so I'm excited. A lot's happened since I've been on this pod, really. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to jumping into it. But before we jump into it, guys, we're going to do it. We're going to plug. Please follow our Twitter, our only social network at the moment, FT Backseat Podcast. Give us a follow. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. So Amen. without further ado, oh, apologies, Jack. Faux pas, faux pas, faux pas. That's all right. I was, was going to say, I'll let you add on for there. the... Uh, for the business, for the business-minded listeners who prefer, you know, a more formal platform, you can also follow us on LinkedIn. What a great platform for football <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> so also follow us there. Thank you very much. That is all. Ooh, that was a good plug. I like that. You, you kept that professional. Um, I also want to caveat as well to all the Danish fans that I've got used to Wesley, aka Joseph Doherty, our in-house Chelsea expert. Please don't drop off. Just keep listening, guys. Keep listening. We know you love the content. He'll be back. He's going to be back. He will be back. Chelsea, Chelsea are a topic that keeps giving talking points. So he will be back. Maybe we'll just get him on to talk about, you know, that 16-year-old Bromby player that he keeps bagging on about. So, oh, you know, did he talk to you about that as well? He's a big fan of this guy, isn't he? Doesn't know his name he went, he, he went to see Bromby on Sunday, so we have to get him back to get a debrief of how his experience was. Love this, mate. We're branching out. We're branching out. You still need to go to a Porto game as well. So I'm expecting yeah. big things from the Continental lads out there doing bits in Europe. But anyway, we are meandering. Speaking of Europe, it's European Game Week. So what have we got first, Jack? Talk me through what we got. Well, keeping on brand as a man based in Portugal, Sporting Lisbon to Tottenham nil. Love it. Love it, can I just say. Let's just jump in there. (laughs) Great result. Brilliant stuff. Opens up that group completely as well. Um, It does. It does, doesn't it? It does. I'll let you go first. Go on. Tell me what you think. What was it like? So, okay, so my thoughts on the game. I feel like there's an obvious storyline, which is Marcus Edwards, who was probably the best player on the pitch, at least for the first 70 minutes. Got a bit tired after. Um, Yeah, sold by Tottenham in 2019 after they failed to agree on a new deal. And he came back and he was a menace to them. There was one run in particular, which was very Messi-esque. 
Oh yeah, I saw that very, one. very, very good save from um, Lloris right at the end. But that would have been, I think, goal of the week had that got in. Got in. I almost feel like Lloris should have just let that one go in. Should have just let that one concede. That was such a nice run. It was so exactly. good. Exactly. And they so know each other, good. you know. They, they probably get on quite well. Could have done them a favour, but you know, it wasn't to so be. I've heard some, I've heard some interesting things about Marcus Edwards' time at Tottenham. So, Pochettino said he was the most talented player in the academy when he joined, um, and compared him to Messi. And we can safely say that it was a very Messi-esque run mm-hmm. um, in that first half. But apparently, there were some attitude problems which came along with him not staying at Tottenham, um, and maybe Sporting Lisbon's going to be his platform. You know, like his, his name's certainly on everyone's lips. It wasn't a week ago. I can tell you that. 100%. Um, I think, yeah. I think a few Prem clubs are suddenly looking at him and realising there's a good homegrown player there that we can potentially snap up who's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, might mm-hmm. not even have the premium mm-hmm. attached to him. But yeah, I think people should stop being labelled the new Messi because I'd have a bad attitude if someone told me I was the new Messi at 16. Yeah, I wonder like how early, how young he was when they started saying that to him, because that would definitely go to your head as a 13-year-old. And if you were like, better than most people in your age groups, then maybe that would definitely play a part. But either way, it's great to see him smashing the Spurs, I have to say. You could see he was up for it, <laughs> and there's a reason he was tired after 60 minutes, because he, he definitely had a point to prove against Tottenham. And yeah, I'd love to see it, love to see it. And Although you could say Sporting Lisbon were lucky, because they got two very kind of last-minute goals. They really did deserve it, I feel. I don't think Tottenham really threatened, if at all, really during the game. There were moments, but overall, you couldn't say 2-0 was an unfair result. No, I, I think overall, I think Sporting showed a lot of resilience and intensity because don't forget, this is a Tottenham team that is managed by Conte and there was all that propaganda and news over the summer about them running until Son was sick and all that. So they're a fit team. So Sporting kept up with them yeah. for the whole game and to score right at the end, I think, shows a lot about the kind of focus and the the quality of this sporting team. They're no joke and they've got six points out of six so far. So they're looking really good for no. qualification and I was very impressed with them. In particular, the front three. We've talked about Marcus Edwards, um, but there's also Pedro, I'm going to say Gonchalves. Gonchalves? I'm going to go there. And Trincao. Gonchalves? Oh, yeah. Trincao. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he'd On loan from Barcelona. Um, and if we ah. dig into them... Their age profiles are all roughly similar. Marcus Edwards is 23, Gonchalves is 24, Trinkhouse 22. They've all played eight games and they've all got sort of three to four goals and two to three to four assists so far. So it's a unit that is of a really nice age and is actually proving to be very productive um, so far this season. So it feels like one of them will probably get poached in a couple of years, but they're building a really nice, promising team. You know, like the kind of team that maybe similar to Arsenal in some ways, you know, where you have these younger forwards and you're like, yes, we're building something proper. Um, I also had a look through their squads and I, I realised that they bought Pedro Porro from Manchester City. Um, they're right back over the summer. Bought him for eight and a half mil. Anyone who's come through the City Academy is probably a really good player and he looked pretty good. Um, definitely better going forward, but on transfer market, they have him valued at 25 mil currently so there's definitely bloody, a buyback involved in that from City bloody yeah. good it's their strategy oh, yeah. this year City yeah, yeah I, I guess they don't need to loan players you know if they want them they will just buy them yeah. they've got the cash well, just let the other teams develop them isn't it? and if they want them back they've got the cash to buy them back so it's a pretty smart policy um, a word on Sporting Lisbon and I'm going to shout out my boy Afonso who lives out in Lisbon himself he's a big Sporting Lisbon fan so I have been following them since last year 
when they won the championship. And they are spearheaded by Ruben Amarim, the young manager who, as you say, is creating this whole kind of new profile for sporting. There's been, um, they definitely do have a profile. I almost want to say it's like the Portuguese profile because Benfica and Porto are almost operating in the same way, which is developing young talents and selling them on. Let's not forget Bruno Fernandes, or uh, as they say on FIFA, Fernandes. He signed from Sporting <laughs> Lisbon. Um, so he did, you know he did indeed. There's, gonna, there's always going to be some good players. I think it was it Mateus Nunes came from them to Wolves for 42 mil. So yeah, and also, um, God, what's his name? Vitinha? The, the guy who Fulham bought, the midfielder. Oh, how Palinha. Yeah, uh, Palinha. He was well so unhappy about that. It was like he's way better than Fulham. Yeah, like, uh, so they actually ripped was. up their whole midfield and, you know, they're still doing really well. Impressive. Yeah, credit to the manager. I mean, they were in the Champions League last last year and they had a really hard group, but they still gave a good game. You can see the quality golf, but, you know, it does look like there's been some progress this year. Um, and I believe he was touted on being on the shortlist for Brighton's next manager and he would certainly fit the profile that they're looking for. Although I believe that is now, no, they're looking at the guy at Mines over in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's promising times supporting has been under the surprise package of this group. It was always an interesting group, wasn't it? Because you had kind of, there was no like a real elite team, no offence Tottenham, lol. There was no elite team <laughs> in the group. I mean, who have you got? You've got Marseille, Lisbon, Tottenham. Who's the last one in their group? Leipzig, uh, maybe? I don't know, but it's an equally kind of like, obviously a historically yeah. big team, but it's just like a really interesting group. It felt like it felt like Tottenham should top that group, but after that, it was a free for all. I thought Marseille would would be the ones to wrap this up, but it's mm. not looking good for them. So yeah, Iron track Frankfurt. Ah, so, okay. yeah, just you know, it's, it's it's all to play for, mate. It's all to play for in that group. Marseille dropped to the bottom with no points, but you know, I look at that, and there's still four games to go, and I couldn't tell you who's going to top that. I don't, I couldn't even tell you the top two to be honest. It's that close in that group. Well, I think if Sporting win their next game, nine points out of nine, I think they're one foot in at this point mm. so they put themselves in a really good position mm. um, and they have to beat Marseille in the next game yeah Marseille have, no have points. to beat Frankfurt otherwise pressure is really on pressure is really yeah. on so um, interesting I think under eight Lisbon at your peril I think there's an actually a really impressive team there and yeah you're right young manager young team and they seem to get better despite selling their best players every summer so there's something going on there they could be this year's sort of dark horses you know we have mm, like runs like Monaco or other teams like that, this could be this could be the one because yeah, they were super impressive. Let's hope so. I love their strip as well. White and green. Lovely stuff. Yeah. It's just Lovely a bit different, staff. isn't it? A bit different, bit different. And also one of the unfancy teams in Portugal. You don't immediately think of Sporting Lisbon when you think of the biggest teams in, in Portugal. So Yeah, great stuff. But let's have a word on Tottenham because I think <laughs> there's reason to be a little bit concerned over on the the, the white lily side of, of North London. Um you spoke about it. Conte running them into the ground in the summer. I don't know if Son's, reco- Son's recovered, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you think knackered, he's still reeling, he? yeah. <laughs> Son, Son doesn't look well, does he? I feel a bit bad for him. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't just have a, a couple games out. Like, I think he's got a go They've got Richarlison. But yeah. also, I don't think it needs to be a big deal. You know, like, no, no. He's been relied on so long. I think now they have options. It only makes sense that if he's having a bit of a, bit of a kind of a lean period, um, then yeah, it's, it's worth putting Richarlison on who's looking really up for it. Yeah, and Kulisewski, every time he comes on, he looks like the most dangerous attacker in the world. So, mm. seems like a logical choice. And yeah, you've always got Son as an option. And then he can he can chill, he can rest, and get back to his best. Do you think, 
and I'm trying to be as par- impartial, sorry, as possible when covering this, but do you think <laughs> that there is maybe a little bit of pressure on Conte's shoulders? Because finally, he's had the summer where, you know, he's got all the signings, you know, after all that moaning and crying, he's finally got the signings that he supposedly wanted. Minus um, Jed Spence. Minus Jed Spence. <laughs> minus Jed Spence. And actually, if you look at the, the comments you made about Basuma today, maybe Basuma as well. Um, oh, for real? What did he say? Uh, he, sa- he said, like, everyone's getting on in training apart from Basuma, who tactically is still struggling a little bit. He needs to work and is defending. Or something along those lines. He insinuated that Basuma wasn't really fitting in. Um, and we know he's an abrasive manager. This is my management style. It's just, mm-hmm. y- y- I don't know. I feel like the Conte people are like top four, assured. And, you know, at least qualify yeah. at the Champions League group. So, do you think... It's probably a bit early, isn't it? It's probably a bit early, but... Is there a cause I think it is early, fans? but I think, I think what the issue is, is it's one of those common, common caveats where if you're winning and they don't play very nice football at the moment, it's fine. But as soon as they stop mm. winning, because, like, in this game, it was just another first half where they did nothing. They seem to only participate in the second half and they've done it for quite a few games in a row now just in this one they didn't manage to get the breakthrough so if you're playing only one half well and one half shit and then you start dropping points or you know losing games then it doesn't like leave you a lot of leeway because if you're playing really nice football and you're losing you can kind of accept that but yeah he's just a results guy so he doesn't he doesn't give a damn Mm. does he? he doesn't give a damn about nice football it's about effective winning football He's like oh, a winning yeah. machine. He is pragmatic to a T. It's just how long will Tottenham fans accept turgid football if they're not getting the results? Yeah. I guess it's probably a better way of framing it. Um, and will the board put up with it? Because they put a hell of a lot of money down, which is very unlike Tottenham. They've backed their manager for the first time ever. The thing is, he's a league manager. He's not a cup manager. If you think about content in the Champions League, can you think of anything of note across his career? Not no, really. That's a good point. That's a good point. A He's a league manager, so this is just it's just normal, really. This mm. is just kind of what he does. So there's every chance that they finish third, but they they exit the Champions League pretty sharpish, would be my guess. I don't know if that's good enough for where Tottenham want to be, but I'm not a Tottenham fan, so who knows. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction is if it stays this way. I just feel like for the squad that they have, if they don't kick on, it would be a kind of a waste, not a waste of the squad, I suppose. I don't really know what the point I'm trying to make here. It's just, you'd expect a bit more, let's be fair, from what they gave Sporting Lisbon with that squad that's available to them. I would have expected more as a fan, personally. More yeah, of a fight, do more f- chances created, at least. More domination of the ball, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they tricked um, us, to be honest, because that first game of the season, didn't they win like 4-0 against Southampton or something? And we were like, oh my days. Yeah, Spurs yeah, exactly. are so good. I think they tricked us because they've been living off that. I don't think they've actually played that well. They played, no. they stole it at Chelsea from what I remember. And then since then, yeah, they've just played one good half out of two and just overpowered teams through one way or another. You know, there's a red card against Marseille last week. Mm. That could have easily been a nil-nil. The teams easily. are pretty evenly easily. matched. Easily. No, I think every game they play it, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be like that, whether they get the Harry Kane breakthrough or that kind of moment of magic. But I just don't think you can rely on that upon the season. But, you know, I've been wrong on this podcast before, and we're only in our second month, so I'm not, I'm not going to make any grand claims. But Haven't we all, mate? That's part of the joys of putting things out there permanently. Yeah, well, it's surprising how much you look like a fool. I absolutely love the result. Congratulations again, Fonzo and all Sporting Lisbon fans. Absolutely love it. 
Same again, please. Same again at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, let's go. Let's move on. Yeah. Oh, it's go what time. What next? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Liverpool two, Ajax one, Ajax one. We won a game. We and won Salah a scored. Game. It's and Salah like scored. Normal business is resumed, eh? Yeah, it's closer than I would have liked, but I've got a lot to say. So you just you just get comfortable, mate. I've got a lot. I've got a lot to say here. I'm first things there, first, Thiago. Oh my days! What a difference he makes. The difference. I think. Maker. I think he might honestly be our most important player at this point because you've seen what happens when you swap out Thiago for James Milner. The whole thing just falls apart so quickly. He is like, like the metronome, isn't he? He just ticks everything yeah. along and sets the pace and sets the level. He um, sets the level. The yeah. He, he brings a surprising amount of intensity. I mean, we've joked about it before. Like he loves a slide tackle now. Mm. And like, yeah, he's always in control of the entire game. Everything goes through him. You know, he will like spray passes out, but sometimes he'll just do like little step overs and just create space for himself. You know, he's quite direct. His penetration from oh, the he's, middle. He's he's someone that you just have to admire. Doesn't matter what team he plays for. He yeah. he plays football. He just makes it look easy. He he's look he's so just easy. one of those special players where you're like, I'm just enjoying this. Just like yeah. just a little step over, and you're like, that was nice. That was unnecessary, and I'm here for it. Um, but it's not unnecessary. It's all got a purpose, and it's all just kind of penetrating through the middle, keeping things moving, slowing the game down, speeding it up. And he, he's got a leadership role now as well. There was a video that I saw of him like cajoling the Liverpool fans at the end because they were being a bit quiet, a bit nervous. And he was like, "Come on, sing, let's go, like support us." As he went off, and I was like, "This guy, come this, on, let's this go, this is Thiago, my guy." Baby. So yeah, yeah I'm he's a big got to stay fan. fit. I'm a big fan. Um, he just seems like a really genuine dude, a really nice guy. Um, he's just, he's just a winner as well, isn't he? Like, deep voice. He is yeah. a winner. He's won a lot. Yeah. I thought he'd have like a squeaky voice, but he's not. He's got a very baritone voice. So very impressed by Thiago. Um, it's a shame that you can't rely on him for the whole season, but I suppose no. he's that good that you could you could accept him for 75% of the season like yeah, in terms I, of games played. I remember hearing a statistic that games without him points per game is like a whole point less it's like 1.2 or something and with him it's like 2.7 so it's insane statistically the difference that he makes we basically win every game if he plays mm. and then as soon as he does it we win half of them yeah well crazy. he's 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 necessary I mean Fabinho's looked really average without him in the team which I never thought maybe, I'd say <laughs> maybe we're just Fabinho. an average team it turns out maybe we're all average who knows but anyway no push that negativity away I thought the game in general, much better energy from the start. I've been so yeah. sick of how slow we've been. So there was actually some intensity. It looked a little bit more like Liverpool. Um, apparently Klopp had a lot of big meetings this week, a lot of hard truths, um, a lot of I'm sure. difficult I'm conversations sure. were had. And yeah, he seems to have coaxed a better performance out of them overall. Um, the energy was definitely up. So that was encouraging. And that's kind of the minimum now. We have to make sure that every performance moving forward that's the kind of baseline that we try, you know, and we, and we run hard. Um, VVD was a lot better. I think last week against Napoli was his worst performance to date. Um, we only conceded one goal instead of four, so that's a massive I mean, that always helps. It always helps. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the VVD. He looked better than last week. He still looks a bit ropey, though. I'm sorry. VVD of old wouldn't have let that goal in for Ajax, in my humble opinion. True. When I say massively improved, I am reflecting on like a one out of ten. It was like a five, six out of ten. 
In fairness. It's a massive improvement. I've just remembered the Napoli game and I'm so upset I didn't get to cover that one. But three of those goals was at least Joe Gomez and Trent's fault. I don't think you can apply too much to VVD last week. Um, But I just don't know. I just think he looks a bit wobbly and I think that feeds to the rest of that back line. There was an air of invincibility about Liverpool's back line in previous seasons. And this season, and the same with City, but we're going to get to City later, there's a bit of vulnerability at the back. I think teams Definitely. are, there's not this inevitability that they're going to smash us this time. And yeah, I just don't know. He's got a bit of a problem coming out for the ball. Like he should have just closed that ball down for the for the Ajax goal. And again, he yeah. just kind of, he, he gave the angle. He kind of like said to the guy, you know, try and get it in top corner. And he did. Um, I don't think that's, that guy, that, the Ajax goal was lovely, but I think if he tried that 10 more times, he wouldn't have scored. I think it's just one of them. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to put a pin in your balloon. I just think no, 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 no. Liverpool Listen. still showed a few, a few cracks. Um, I mean, we didn't keep a clean but sheet. But a again, massive win all the same, we, and so. a better performance. Exactly, yeah. and I think that was the most important thing. Is just we needed to show a lot more in terms of performance, and we just needed to win. It didn't really matter yeah, yeah. in the day how it came about, but we just needed to like not look like a garbage team and lose, and we managed to do that. So that's that's just all you can ask really after. Honestly, maybe like one of the worst performances. An 88th minute, an 88th minute winner from Yo Matip will always get the Liverpool fans going. If there was anyone that's was going to get that winner, it was going to be him. And I, I, yeah, you know, you just got to build on that. You know, it's the same as the nine 0 Bournemouth. You've got to just. This has got to be the base now. This has got to be the level that you set. Um, it's just weird, isn't it? Never thought you'd hear about Liverpool Liverpool team having to get themselves up for it. You. Yeah, That's I know. Been a given. I just don't know it's, what's changed. I I think you're right. I think it probably was a hangover of last season because the two players who have looked bright throughout are Diaz and Harvey Elliott, who are two, the two newest players in the starting eleven. They're not maybe jaded, mm-hmm. you know, by four or five seasons of running City so close and then not getting the you know the results. That oh yeah, they I think last year. I think we probably needed a bit more freshness. People not so jaded. It takes a while to get over that, I would imagine. Um, but listen, yeah. let's, let's, let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about Joel Massive a bit more. I actually love Joel. He's our best centre-back right now, for sure. And his Can't importance at the back. He's underrated as a defender, for sure. Um, but the way he kind of carries the ball out and then just plays balls you know, straight to the attacker, bypasses the midfield, we've missed that. There's a directness to that. He's actually one of our most creative players, weirdly. Um, and so I was thrilled that he scored the goal because we were getting so many opportunities from headers that it seemed inevitable. And yeah, with him and the team, we look infinitely better. And right now, he's our best defender. So hopefully he stays fit as well. It's not ideal having yeah. these two players, Massif and Thiago, being so important when they're a bit fragile. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, he suits VVD really well. And I think the Gomez-Virgil van Dijk partnership, although I understood it last week against Napoli, clearly showed its kind of deficiencies and you know Matip is a much better partner alongside Van Dyke. Um and an all round nice dude that yeah. you know he's just he's just so funny. Like I watched his, uh, his <laughs> no. interview. He didn't say anything intentionally funny, but he's just so funny. Um and yeah, you know, like it was a big goal for the big man in the big moment and yeah, as we say, you've just got to push on from this one now. Do you know who, you, who you've got next? Obviously, we've got postponed Premier League schedules and that. It's, it's, it's Rangers in the Champions League. 
double header, I think, with Rangers. Is it another Champions League again? Surely there's a Prem match in between, or they were cancelled. I'd, oh, I, do you know what? I haven't even looked that far ahead because we were supposed to play Chelsea this weekend, but it got postponed, and then it's international. Oh, so yeah, I postponed. Don't know that. Um, speaking of, God, I mean, it's going to be tough eh? cramming these games in. Sorry, it's going to be really yeah. tough. Tough for all of us. I mean, think of the podcasters out there. God, nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> trying to think what else. Right, yeah. Jota was back. Love that. Um, he looks uh, yes, sharp, he got looked a lot good, of energy. Actually. He, he just really scores good. goals as yeah. well. I know he didn't score a goal, but he just has a directness to him. When Nunes came on, he looked good as well. So options are coming back now, which is nice. And I do slightly worry about Nunes because Jota seems to bring out the, well, the best version of Salah we've seen so far. So maybe Nunes has to get used got to the assist, the sub for a bit. Yeah. It was it was a nice little pre-assist, not pre-assist. Sorry, it was a nice little assist as well. He just he just made it look simple, but he played it all right. And you know, I think one thing that you need to get going is Mo, Mo Salah. Get him yeah. scoring again, and I think everything else will follow. Um, but in regards to Nunes, yeah, it does feel like it's taken a bit of time to figure out his role within this team. Um, I understand the logic of just bringing him on the bench and slowly build him up, make him try and be a difference maker. But for seventy odd mil, he's got to be a starter soon. Just otherwise, yeah, you're getting into Pepe territory. I agree, but you know we've never been in this situation before where we've bought someone who's not a guaranteed starter for this kind of money. So Klopp will work it out; it'll be fine. It's all going to be on on merit, you know. End of the day. And yeah, yeah, you know, he's yeah, got time. yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as you're winning, that's. I think right now you don't have the luxury of even just chucking him in and still getting the wins, you know. So I think he's just got to work harder, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. But you know, he's young. It'll be fine. And if it's not fine, we'll just we'll just sell him. We'll just sell him for the same money. It's not an issue. But he'll be fine. He looks good. I like him. Um, let's talk about Ajax. Oh, he still bit. looks he still looks sharp when he came on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I think Ajax. I think Ajax will be disappointed overall because after seeing what Napoli did uh, yeah. to them, they kind of knew that if they just got the first goal all of those fragilities and all of the kind of trauma of last week would resurface and Liverpool would kind of go back into their shells. So I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't manage to attack more and play their normal game because they are a possession team and they really struggled to keep the ball. And they started kicking it long quite early on. So they kind of reverted to playing counter-attacking football, a bit like Man U, but they don't, that's not their game end of the day. You know, That's not like their strengths. So... I feel like they missed an opportunity, really. I don't think they played to their strengths and they could have. I don't know. I think that that high line's there for the taking. So I understand that. Um, I can understand the long balls. But also, like, yeah, do you want to play a possession game at Anfield away? I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't personally. Not if you can think that high line's looking a bit dodgy. Then you just, yeah, I'd launch it. Um, But let's be fair. You were all over them that second half. I I think they they deserved getting that equaliser. But had they gone on to win it, I think it would have been a bit unfair. Like Liverpool really did endeavour to win it, even if a lot of it was coming from set pieces. It seems you guys are like lethal from corners. Just like every yeah. corner that comes in, it's just like arrows. The goalie made some great saves. So um, yeah, you're right there. There was probably at least four opportunities that could have been goals from corners. Honestly, mm-hmm. sounds simplistic, but I'm pretty sure it just comes down to just having really big centre backs. I don't think Ajax are a particularly tall team, and there's not a lot you can do about that sometimes. It's like nah, playing against Harland, yeah. which we'll get onto. 
It's yeah, not a lot yeah, you can yeah. do sometimes. He's just bigger than you and he's faster than you. Yeah. So I think 2-1, fair result. Maybe, you know, hoping that the, the winner came a little bit sooner. But all in all, very positive result for the Reds. So, yeah, onwards and upwards. Let's see how they get on. Hopefully they don't do better than the Arsenal because we wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want that. Would we, viewers? Would we, viewers? Exactly, viewers. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, let's edit that bit out. Uh, <laughs> right. We'll pretend, we'll pretend we're taking a break. Uh, we'll just edit that bit out, right? That's just nah, staying in. Staying in, lads. <laughs> Sour grapes, mate, because we're not covering the... Is it Europa League? Oh, I don't even know where you guys are. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here next season. We're I'll tell you what, places. we'll do some Europa League pods. When we get to... Nah, yeah, once we, like we get quarters. to, like, the quarters and Arsenal's still in it, then we'll do it. <laughs> if yeah. Arsenal go yeah, out, then we're going to bin it. We're going to bin it, because I can't be... I can't, I'm not covering that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. Shall we take a break? Quick, quick break, and then when we come back, we'll do the other two games and the England squad. And we are back for part two of From the Backseat Football Podcast. Guys, I just want to apologise. I listened to my part one and it sounds like Godzilla's attacking Tokyo. Um, I've just been too close to the mic. <laughs> I've just been too close to the mic. I've had a couple of weeks off and I've completely forgotten my setup. So I am really sorry. Uh, you have to bear, bear that first part. Um, and yeah, that's it. Great little intro. Segway yeah, to the second that's, part. <laughs> that's that's just part of the experience, you know. Look, we do these in one go, right? We don't mess around. The performance is the performance. And exactly. Exactly. That's that's the reality. This is authentic podcasting, you know. This this is what you get. This is not this there is are not no all glamorous. There are no reruns, you know. We don't no. have the production team who just ever, no. We don't have the budget. The this budget. is this the is budget just is me. It's just from the back seat. It's just from the back seat, guys. It's two people chatting about football and whatever quality it comes out in, we just publish we just yeah, publish that just, shit, mate. We're just publishing that shit. We're just going to chug out the content. Fuck the quality. Um, exactly. But no, in all seriousness, I'm very embarrassed that I've just been vibrating into this mic. I sound like a bee. I sound like a hybrid <laughs> bee, man. It's just buzzing. So Can't yeah, wait to hear apologize, it. Apologies to the eardrums. Uh, we're just going to crack on. So, yeah, deal with it. Right. <laughs> Nice. Oh, cool! City Dortmund. I enjoyed this game just because I always feel like these two these two teams deliver a good game when they play. I feel like they've played each other a lot recently. They seem to always draw each other. Um, yeah, it's kind Agreed. of becoming a like a common fixture of European football. But yeah, Manchester City two, Dortmund one. Where do you want to start? So let's start with Dortmund because I really thought Dortmund were controlling this game up until like the seventieth minute. Really. Um, yep. I thought Dortmund played a great game. Um, City looked really, really kind of insipid. They had no penetration. It was almost like watching like an Arsenal team from 2012 where you like pass it to the side, pass it around the box, pass it to the other side, pass it back to the centre-back. Yeah. It was just kind of those tactics and I think that really is a testament to how Dortmund was set up by Terzic. So, yeah, credit where credit's due. I was kind of expecting spanking because you've got two vets in, in Hummels and um, was it Nicholas Saul? So like not the finest centre-back pairing to deal with kind of Erling Haaland. And um, yeah, I thought they dealt with it really well for 70 minutes, I have to say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought overall, 
they they matched City. Um, I think there was some statistic where City had had over 500 passes and not a single shot on target. So they they were mm. just extremely disciplined, um, but they offered plenty of threat going forward. So they got the balance perfect, to be honest, um, where they were dangerous enough on the break and they put enough numbers forwards that City could never truly be comfortable and have like the centre-backs just resting in their half, you know. Mm. Um, they had some decent chances. And they, they did. Had they had chances. some decent chances. But yeah, overall, they were just really solid. It's not something you associate with kind of previous Dortmund teams. But right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little tangent here and then we're going to get back to the game. So they brought in two new centre-backs. Nicolas Sula from Bayern Munich, who mm-hmm. is a very good player. On a free as well is a very good deal. Um, is that. Well, it's just nice to see it. You know, go the other way for once. But reverse the other way. Apparently yeah. it shocked German football. Everyone's like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he doing that? <laughs> this could be bothered with the politics, maybe. I think, no, I think, I think they, so. they brought in um, Delict, didn't they? So Yeah, and also he just wasn't getting the game time I think he, he generally deserves because he is a great centre-back. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit of a coup for Dortmund, let's be Big fair. coup. And then they've got Schlotterbeck, who I can't oh, remember yeah. where he came from. Maybe Wolves? It was Mönchengladbach. Was it Gladbach? Okay, was and yeah. he was generally regarded as probably the best young centre-back in the league last season. So they've completely revamped that back line because they were so tired of you know what they had previously, which was Hubbles, who, you know, great legacy, but passed it. And Akanji, interestingly, mm. who's now arrived at Manchester City. Um, I was listening yes. to a, a transfer podcast a couple of days ago, and there was a Bundesliga expert on there, and he was talking about Akanji, and he was saying... He cannot believe that he's rocked up at Manchester City. Like he's fallen over and fallen upwards into a huge five-year contract worth like 175,000 a week or more. And yeah, Dortmund was so happy to get rid of him because they they were so tired of him. You know, like how we kind of think about Harry Maguire and he makes all these gaffes or people like that. Or like yeah, Lovren, yeah, yeah. for example. That's exactly how they saw him. Someone who was culpable of just doing no. stupid things that led to stupid goals. And somehow they've got money and they've got rid of him. So, which is interesting. They were never, yeah, they were never entirely, yeah, they never, like, he never entirely convinced the Dortmund, is the kind of general thesis of Akanji's career there. Um, and, you know, when they signed him, they thought he was going to be a lot better than he was. Yeah. So it is an interesting move, but then also, devil's advocate side of it, he's, realistically, of all centre-backs are fit, he's, what, fifth choice, fourth choice? Yeah, I just, I don't know, he struck me as unnecessary, personally. We've got four solid centre-back options ranging from world-class Maybe to City decent. have seen something in the stats that Dortmund didn't unlock. Who knows? I mean, he looked decent enough yesterday. Could have been a bit more ambitious of his passing, but I think that comes with time and fluidity with your teammates. So, But yeah, no. I mean, I mean, City needed a, d- a defender. I just think with this season especially, City do need a bit of extra cover. We shouldn't be mm. seeing Kyle Walker in centre-back for too long, let's be fair. Uh, we don't want to repeat. I know Fernandinho's gone, but who would replace Fernandinho in defence? Calvin Phillips? Don't want that. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I think there's a general acceptance that we just need to, um, or teams just need to beef up their resources um, and the personnel because it's a it's a really hectic schedule. But yeah, you would have think mm. like a loan deal would have made more sense. Permanent deal is quite a big outlay on someone who yeah, apparently did not convince in Germany. Yeah, well, the jury's out, but let's move on because I just want to say Jude Bellingham's the best player in the world. Sheesh! Isn't he just? Oh Dude. my goodness, what a player. Oh my goodness, yeah. Oh my, everything came through him. 
You know, he was always doing the killer pass that would, you know, get the counter going and everything would flow through him. He's just, he's just so good. He's just so good at football. (laughs) He's just so good at football. It's crazy. I saw a comment on YouTube, like, when I think back to what I was like at 19 and I I watch videos of Bellingham, I feel ashamed or something like that. (laughs) It's so true. Like, the guy's like a seasoned vet at 19, you know, like, it's just crazy how composed and effective he is. And, you know, even his goal, like, it's just like, next level intelligence to A, know where that volley's going yeah, and B, like make the run at the right oh, it's just, it's just crazy isn't it it's just crazy how good he is I mean yeah it seems like he's already a fully formed world class midfielder basically which is probably probably a bit of hyperbole but you know what fuck it he's English we get carried away with, with talent like yeah. this he seems up like the, the real deal though. up the betting room he is <laughs> like, he really he is he seems to be fair. able to see do everything after him. yeah and so yeah, as a Liverpool fan I am praying that he rocks up at Anfield next summer, but that price tag is a going up. Strong season, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have plenty of suitors. It might be too good for us by by next summer. The way it's going, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what if your trajectory is going opposite ways, and you know, suddenly like Jude's outgrown Liverpool, which is just, like stupid to say. Yeah, I just I'd hate it if he joined City. I'd hate it. Like he deserves a real football team. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial, um, uh, but not United because they'll ruin him too. Yeah. But yeah, mate, he's just so good. He's so, so good. So things are looking good for England, which we'll get on to. Yeah, well, if Southgate bloody plays him, but yeah, we'll get on to that. Um, um, but yeah, on to the victors, yep. the spoils, two shots, two goals, and two goals they really were. Um, let's give John Stone some credit. Absolutely funded that in. Where, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> He's just twatted that. I call that the English twatter, because he's just like, fuck it, we're one down. <laughs> a whack. Yeah, it just, it just gave me a flashback of company when they played Leicester and they had to win that yes. game. And he was just um, like, do you know what? Forget all this passing. Just forget it. Yeah, forget yeah. It. He did channel his inner company there. And you probably, Pep was like, John, don't do it. <laughs> and then he just slaps it in top bin. I mean, so. It goes against all like Pep's philosophy of total Yeah, football. exactly. I wonder how he feels about those goals. Like, Is there a part of him like, that bastard didn't listen to me but he scored do you know what I mean yeah. like, is there kind I reckon of a he gets there? like an extra firm like hug at the end you know where it's like I'm proud of you but don't you ever do that shit again mate <laughs> yeah 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 in the year yeah. if you ever do that again John you're <laughs> fucking gone you are done here <laughs> um, what I would say no disrespect but the goalie did some weird stuff with that goal I don't know if you've seen it like he, both goals to be honest he moved his hand out the way and he moved his head out the way so he stopped looking at it so he wasn't looking at it and he, he just it's like it's honestly like if I was in goal and it came really fast and I was like oh I don't know about that that's almost yeah. what happened it's almost yeah, like he forgot I mean, he was a goalie and he was just a person Dortmund have a long line of just ropey goalkeepers mm. or or just goalkeepers with deficiencies and he did flap at it a little bit and if you're being really harsh he probably could have done a bit better with Haaland's goal as well because it was directly at him it was it was potentially um, savable but oh my days Haaland's goal it was like a masterpiece okay I've got a question because I saw an article about this on The Athletic bias so <laughs> what was more impressive Cancelo's cross Cancelo's cross tri- Can- Cancelo's was, that, cross. was that the more impressive part for you or the finish itself 100% like we can all jump really high in the air. But it's no, just because no, it was a... Alive. We can't. But it's just because he's massive. Things look things look impressive. I don't know. The way he just like somehow managed to get his left foot onto it and also steer it to the goal was pretty impressive. Nah. Uh, but the cross just looks nice. Was a- Aesthetically, it's just fucking nice to look at. And the fact it? that Cancelo's done that before. He did that for a Sterling goal last season. 
Yeah, and he, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I was watching so he, some highlights. He, he do done this. it earlier in the season. It's not, it's not a fluke. He does it all the time. Yeah. No. Was it called a, like a Trivera? Tri- Trivera. Oh, I don't know. I think I it's know. called the official term. Oh, um, this is filth. Yeah, he's a disgusting player. Cancelo's like, now that Sterling's gone, he's taking that number seven shirt and he's. I don't even know what he is. Like, he's like the most unique player. No. He's the most pet player of all time, for sure. He's but sometimes at left back, but then he's just like, he's not. So he's he's honestly unbelievable. Like he he's like James Milner. If James Milner was a ten at everything, if you get what I mean, like he's yeah. he's un, he's unreal. He's just, he's just ascended to like levels that no one expected him to hit, and it's like it, it's quite worrying to be honest. He's got to be the top five best players in the Prem now. On current, form, I think so. He's I think he's underrated, but yeah. at the same time, everyone that respects how fucking good he because is. Because so. every team he would get in automatically, somewhere easily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's one of a kind though. But then, could he do this if he had to actually play like a different system? Mm. Is it Pep's system as much as how good technically he is? Either way, it's a, it's a marriage made in heaven. And yeah, Jesus Christ, he looks good. So yeah, um, but yeah, Haaland scored again. No change there. Inevitable. It was the uh, the Haaland derby, old versus new. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really good finish. To be fair, it's just it was just it's just strange. It just highlights that. Above all else, he's just a physical monster, you know. He's, he's a monster. It's like his yeah. leg, his sideways leg is above the defender's head, and it's just it's freaky. What are you supposed to do about that? And I think they probably marked him so well is because he was their teammate so long at Dortmund, yeah. which, so they probably did have the extra jump on him. Because at the moment, Premier League defenders are lost, and I don't blame them. Probably going to take a season to figure out how the hell do we deal with this man? Um, I don't know if there is an answer. Is he going to? S- is he going to slow down? Is this it? No, is he just? Gonna he hasn't slowed down so far since he started playing football. So I wouldn't bet on it. No, um, it's scary. But I just don't know. Again, with Liverpool, City look a bit vulnerable. You know, they do. They do. I think the key difference was that so they they made some changes. They brought on Alvarez, Foden, and Bernardo Silva. Like, oh my god! Imagine having those oh, options on the bench. Oh. God, what a weak team! <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just like bring those on, and then Dortmund switched to three at the back after they got their goal. Conceded two goals straight away. Like they tried to shut up shop, they tried to consolidate, and they lost control of the game and conceded two goals. So there's a lesson there. Like, did they though? Two shots, two goals. Yeah, but they both came after they went to three at the back. So you can draw some. Thoughts I know you mean. They they retreated, but that's normal. But I think they were a bit unfortunate, and the goalie could have done a bit better with yes. either of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, what I want to what I want to say though is, although we're like, wow, Haaland, is there the argument that City may have been stronger as a team last year? Now, obviously, like they've got Haaland, they've got the stats, but like overall as a team, they've come from behind a lot this season already, and that's not tenable. You can't yeah. you can't continuously do that, and it's a bit of a worrying trend where teams are scoring. I swear they're conceding more goals this season. Than, than last I could be wrong I could be really wrong um, it just seems like they're having to come back from losing situations far more and you know there is that argument remember how Ronaldo Juventus argument where when he left Juventus the general consensus in Juventus anyway was they're a stronger team without Ronaldo despite his goal scoring and the same for United last season let's just use that as an example as well yeah um, that's a good example I think it's an interesting thought I think we always knew that they have to change stylistically to accommodate Ireland and probably one one element is they've lost another you know possession player basically because Haaland's not really a possession player he doesn't take many touches he just hangs around so 
they're playing with one less player effectively for their system and maybe that mm. gives them less control of the game um, and then they are more susceptible to yeah know, that's what know, I mean are they because they lose the ball a little more are they just looking for Haaland but there is one more thing before we move on that I want to bring up mm-hmm. Jack Grealish 56 minutes told you mate zero I dribbles, told you mate zero shots that's a hot take like, that was not a hot it was four take. zeros I can't remember there was four zeros and I was like damn mate, dog I said it <laughs> that's damn Jack and dog. Grealish needs to have a big season this season because he had an underwhelming first season he's not a City player stylistically he, he basically wasn't there yesterday he, like, he yeah it's just not him he doesn't have the tactical intelligence to play. He just wants to run and do things, which is cool. But Pep's, Pep's going to get frustrated with him. And yeah, you would put him well below Foden right now. He just did nothing yesterday. It was really worrying for him. Um, I mean, if he carries on this form, there's the argument that does he even deserve to go to the Euros? Bro, I wish we could Euros? segue, I wish we could segue right now because I, that's, that's one of my points, mate. Uh, I've got a very hot take for my wild cards. <laughs> all right. Well, let's bash through um, the next All-Star game. Sorry, Champions League game. All-Star. That is Chelsea-Salzburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, honestly, this new one is pissing me off before we get into this. Like, What's he on about? North versus South? Does anyone in England or the world want to see that apart from Americans? Imagine. I'm not even going to lie. I, I've actually thought about Liverpool it before. 11. I just thought what? about it before. Harry Kane and... And Bukayo Saka on the I, same I team, thought, I suppose, I thought, as the England national team. But. I thought it could be quite a cool thing, just to raise some money. Do you? I yeah. just feel like football's too tribal down in England. Like, I'd hate to see some stupid southern northern region team. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want but, Arsenal. But picture this, Hugh, right? You've got Saliba, but then you've also got Rhys James. Oh, I know. London. Oh, that is... That is Imagine that combination. Yeah, that is a filth lineup. I know, but it's just like... You know, like part of the allure of English football is like, I hate Chelsea. They hate us. You know, I don't want it. I don't want Rhys James on my team unless we sign him for Arsenal. I don't. I don't want this. You know, this bloody showpiece of a game that means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. Um, so and then it, it stinks of naivety from Todd Bowley. It does. This whole big boy business disruptor shit. Go away, Todd. However, like, no one wants it this side of the pond. However, maybe apart from Jack. I have. I have a better. I have a. I have a. I have a plan for it. Here's how we can do it. Right. All the players who aren't involved in the Charity Shield can participate in that game. They do it with the club's permission, and it's a it's a warm-up to the Charity Shield. It's all charity. It's a charity bonanza, or weekend of charity, and all the proceeds go to charity. Oh, do you know what I mean? I just don't. I know what you mean, and that would be a an easier way to stomach it, but I just think, mate, you've literally been here five minutes. Why are you trying to do this to us? I mean, there is that. The problem is that it could be if it came from someone else, you take it more seriously. But it's like, come on, man, you just got. No, here. we didn't. Look at the Super League. Did we take that seriously? Did we fuck? Are you joking? Mm. Like it's the same principle. Like why are you trying to mess with a formula that is tried and tested and beloved by millions? You know, you call it bloody soccer. Don't come over here with these bloody ideas. Oh, <laughs> mate, you're gonna get me riled up. You're gonna get I me mean, riled up. He did say that they had a great academy: De Bruyne, Salah, Lukaku. What is he on about? Oh, Mm. What is he on about, mate? Literally, Some, what is this man? Someone should on have about? corrected this guy. Someone should have explained the, how it works a little more. I read a great thing. It was like you know, up until that interview, everyone was wondering who was you know advising about football, and it turns out nobody was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, mate. So, yeah. Anyway, Chelsea will come back to you. Wesley's going to come back, and 
I'm going to lock horns with Wesley about this because if he agrees with an all-star game, then he's never coming back on this pod. I tell you now. <laughs> I tell you now. He's getting he sold, transfer Joseph. listed straight off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to the Harlem Globetrotters, mate. Mm. Um, but on to the game, Potter's first game. Yes. Not the result they wanted, and a game that they really needed to win. Puts them in a very sticky situation going into the next four games in the Champions League. But I do feel there were some green shoots there from Potter. Um, their goal was typically Potter, in the sense that overload on the right, good ball from Mason Mount, great finish by Raheem Sterling. I've seen that a lot for Brighton this season already. Yep. Um, interesting to see Sterling already adopt the Trossard role, which is left wing back. Is that where he was playing? I was really confused. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. Yeah, man. That... It was great. Okay, I couldn't work out the formation. Oh, my days. So it was like Cucurella was a traditional fullback, but it was a back three. So, so he, Sterling so would sit he, on like he, the halfway line. Depending on and just do a what Trossard, was happening yeah. is where he would yeah, sit. Yeah, Got yeah, you yeah. So it's quite impressive that already these ideas are being taken to and you know visibly able to kind of see it. What he's been there, what five days? Yeah, Four, I don't even know. Like, so yeah, but then also on the flip side, the same sort of problems were coming. They looked a bit rubbish in attack, yes, mate. I'm glad you mentioned it because, yeah, I think they played quite well for the first 10 minutes. There was a lot of desire to attack, but there was a real reluctance to shoot. Um, any mm-hmm. which feels very, very Brighton because that's what we used to say until this season. They never shoot, and it's definitely an order from Potter. They play, they play football patiently. They work big chances. They don't shoot outside the box. We're not going to see that anymore. Rudica would have never fit in, so it's probably good that he. Oh left. no! Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if it's a half chance, like on your weaker foot with a tight angle, they they never took it. They never ever took it, and we're going to see a lot more of that. It's got a, mm. you know, it's just about recycling and being patient. But you know, as John as Don, John Stone showed, sometimes you just got to lever it. Yeah, sometimes you know best, lads. You know, don't let a Potter take the fun out of it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Mason Mount got the assist, and it's good to see him getting something. Yeah, um, I think he's definitely better suited on that right-hand side playing with Rhys James. Um, but he's got to play himself into some form soon. He, honestly, he's a bit protected. Mason, you are a friend of the pod. You know we love you, bro, but you've been a bit turgid. He's been a little you've quiet. Been a bit he's been a little quiet so yeah. far. And yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm a bit confused by him, because again, he's almost too... He's too flexible positionally. I don't really know if he is a right-winger. I don't know if there's better options, because like... ZH feels mm-hmm. like a more natural option, but you obviously play Mason Mount because it's Mason Mount. You get what I mean. Like you kind of know what ZH brings. I don't mm-hmm. always know exactly what Mason Mount brings. Just a bit of everything. This is what I mean. Like I was saying it to Wes when we. Oh, sorry, I keep calling him Wes. By the way, Wes is Joseph Doherty. We just call him Wesley, and I'm not going to go into that backstory. But with Mason Mount, there was a time when he first burst onto the scene with Chelsea after his just his lone period with Derby, and everything he did was either an assist, pre-assist, or a goal. You know, yeah. like he was the main man. He was on fire. He was a calm in the purest sense, like so effective. And it's just not really kind of affecting games as much anymore. He's almost a bit more of a passenger because he was never the fastest. He was never the strongest. He was never even the most technical. He just made the right decisions and he was there for the pivotal moments. And, you know, like he was a huge part of why Chelsea won the Champions League final. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just haven't seen the same from Mason Mount since. You are right. He's slumped. He's slumped a little bit since then. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he was electric. He was genuinely their best player. Um, and, yeah, he's a little mm, bit anonymous. Shadow you know, like Reese James. Is probably I, I would have put him in the bracket with Foden in terms yeah. of, like, you know, effectiveness in terms of the team and their role. But now Foden's light years ahead, in my opinion. Currently, um, yeah. But, yeah, hopefully he can sort it out because he's going to be starting for England, most likely. So we kind of need him to, to get back to his best. Um, another thing that I found interesting and a bit of a statement from Graham Potter, he played Azpilicueta and Thiago Silva 
as his primary yeah, centre back. Koulibaly and Fafana on the bench. If I was said Bowley, I'd be looking at that and I'd be a little bit concerned because I've just spent 120 mil on getting these two defenders and neither of them start. And you've been them. Yeah. Azpilicueta as well. Yeah. Not he even is. a natural centre back. So, is. yeah, interesting. Maybe Azpilicueta is just because he's so experienced and so adaptable. Maybe he just got, yeah. got the new system straight away and the other two need a little bit more time because they're new. But it was a big call, I felt. And if you don't win and you concede a goal, and Thiago Silva was. In fact, let's talk about that goal. Thiago yeah, Silva okay. had a bad game. And that, that goal should have at least cleaned him out. To make the sure slide that goal tackle, and then yeah, he just he just didn't get the ball at all. He just, just didn't follow through. And yeah, it was just it was. And just he got dragged goal. out of position as well. Exactly. Cucurella was so high up, wasn't he? Yeah, Cucurella was like um, biting at the wrong yeah, people, instead of just getting back in position. Thiago yeah. Silva went and failed to get the ball, and then yeah, Kepa pretty soft finish. A good play from Salzburg though. I really thought it was a good goal. The finish was a bit mingy. Why was Kepa in goal? Do you know? I think I, I think, think Mendy's injured because in Mendy wasn't even on the bench, so he must be injured. Okay. I thought Kepa could have done better. Yeah, but yeah, you know those fluky goals happen. It was right in the corner. To be fair, it took a little deflection. I'm not going to slate Kepa. It's a bit harsh. Um, some yeah, some South defending. I, I expect Potter to iron that out. To be fair, yeah. You know, it was quite a basic goal to concede. I think the main concern, though, is it's not so much the result. No, sorry, it is the result. It's not so much the performance, but the result. 1-1 against Salzburg at home. Feasibly the easiest game they're going to have in the Champions League. And they've only got one point. Yeah, it is, it is worrying, isn't it? Because who, who's mm. the other team in their group? It must be It must be a tougher or bigger team, right? Because they played yeah. Zagreb who, in Salzburg. They, they must be in pot three and four. You would think so. Oh, gotcha. Let's have a quick look, actually. So yeah, they. I forgot they got Zagreb. Maybe Zagreb at home will be the easiest game. But either way, like you'd expect six points out of six, really. Yeah. So by Chelsea standards, if they don't win the next game, point. I think they're in trouble. I think I think they're out. Milan. Oli Giroud's going to get a hat trick. That's for sure. That's, that's not an easy sure. game. That's not an easy game at hey, all. Chelsea. Chelsea are actually bottom on one point. Yeah. Salzburg on two. Zagreb on three. Milan on four. So it's not terminal, but. A lot of pressure on Potter, and you know there were que- there are question marks, right? He's dragged his whole backroom team from from Brighton. None of them have ever, you know, managed or coached at this level of club. We've seen it before with Chelsea players. Maybe not this current squad so much, but you know they they're not they're not you know they don't mess about. They'll they'll dispose of the their managers if they think they're not up to scratch. We've seen it time and time again, and I think. That's something Potter's never had before. I've still got faith he can do it. I think it's, it probably was the right time to step up regardless. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. I think you're right. I think he's got into a, a club where they're all sharks, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. if there's any weakness, it'll get exposed and it's very hard to recover. I feel like Brighton's a nice environment. Like, everyone's got each other's backs, they encourage each other. Chelsea's, exactly. a, Chelsea's a very political club, you know. It, it's oh, yeah. high turnover. Even the new the new ownership shows that the same model it looks like so it's just a different skill set and it's a skill set that he hasn't had to show so far really how to manage big egos how to keep everyone happy I mean like how's he going to manage Chilwell now Kukurea's nailed on like that's going to be interesting how that develops Um, and just little problems like Mm. that I mean how do you how do you unlock Havertz you know they spent 90 (laughs) mil on this guy two years ago and I'm still you're still still not not quite sure not sure sometimes you're like he's really good but you, you're just never sure. He's never had like five games where you're like, like Mason Mount, for example. He had like runs of five games where you're like, this guy's unreal. 
How about this? We'll just have like periods in games or like a game, and then he'll just score like a big goal, and you're, that's what you're remembering for, like Champions League goal. And but I have he misses a lot. Yeah, and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, the 90 mil player that was in Germany, I haven't seen him arrive yet. He's not been bad, but you could argue that he hasn't been. He's he's almost been as effective as Werner was yeah. really. If you looked at the output, I reckon it'd be very similar um, in terms of actual like tangible stats. So. Yeah, big season. I just feel like Havertz, though. I feel like he's a bit of a Chelsea golden boy as well, a bit protected. And he is, mate, because he know. won the Champions League, mate. That's the chant. But also, like, evidently, he must be fancied because every manager's continuously played him. Yeah, they just need to work out how to unlock him, but it, seem, mm-hmm. it seems hard. It seems difficult. A um, couple of thoughts on Salzburg. Honestly, I only realised this when watching it back. They had their third-choice centre-back, Pavlovich, who was their only centre-back. And former Brighton yeah. fullback Bernardo as their other centre back, and the fact they managed no to way. contain Chelsea um, with all their attacking talent and a new manager bounce at the bridge—it's it's very impressive. Considering it's a really young team as well, you know, this is not like not like Burnley rocking up, you know, just spoiling the party. These are like young, highly promising players, but then the centre backs were kind of the other ones, you know, outside of that group. May we know that Red Bull teams are a system team yep. um, from top to bottom, and yeah, it pays dividends. Um, I, think, I really, I really like Salzburg more than Leipzig because they got a smaller profile. But I think like Salzburg's probably a better run team. Yeah, because you know, you know um, what you're going to get. You know, they're going to be youngsters, mm-hmm. intense, like high energy attacking, pressing football. style. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be relentless, narrow. Wants to congest it all in the middle, and they do it so well. And they really do, you know, punch well above their weight in that regard. Definitely. Um, you know, Benjamin Sesko's the the newest star and. There'll be more. Have you noticed? Uh, sorry, not noticed, but have you heard that Ted Bowley, Todd Bowley, sorry, is looking to take Salzburg sporting director? Interesting. To Chelsea. Do you reckon like Todd Bowley just like keeps meeting these execs in the box, and he's like, "I like you. Yeah. You've got some good ideas, you." It's, like, it's is, he, is he just taking it like game by game? But you know what? How else do you learn? Like, he's he's in all these meetings. At least he's not just like got the ear of an agent oh no give over you keep Petacek in place just for three months I mean yeah <laughs> just for Maybe three Petacek... months did Petacek get fired or did he leave because if he got fired I think he walked away I think it was probably like a mutual termination yeah you're right but I mean could you not have just kept him on for a bit like yeah. did you need to be the interim sporting director it's just it smacks of someone who who is obviously very keen to get into football. Yeah, and understand every. There's, there's going to be that, some fumbling. There's going to be some faux pas for sure. If he's serious about it, you're right. He should just go for um, Monchi. Yeah, I mean, there's probably better ones now. Who's that guy in Monaco? Paul Mitchell. He's super super rated. Yeah, he did Southampton in Southampton's glory days. Then Tottenham. Then I think he went to Leipzig for a bit, and now he's at Monaco. These are the kind of guys you should be going for if you're really serious. It applies to Man United as well. Michael um, Edwards, he's still or free. Michael Edwards. I think Michael Edwards could be con- could be convinced to go to Chelsea. To be fair, yeah, because he was at Tottenham before, which makes me suspect he might be from London, so he might fancy a move back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Chelsea are probably a great club to work for. Yeah, yeah, true. Unless you're a manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, oh, the, one more. You know, you're going to oh, get sorry. paid for two years of work. Without having yeah, to do the pay, it. even if you get fired, the payoff's going to be sore. I mean, so you get paid um, double. You basically get paid double if you're Chelsea manager. Yeah. You always get one more word. Yeah, go on then. On the game, ha ha ha, Aubameyang. 
None. <laughs> it's not going to work out, Chelsea fans. All right, I am. A, I am bitter about this. It's just how has he ended up at Chelsea? I just don't know. How have they paid but money for him as well? Barca have done. We've been fleeced. Yeah. Like they took him on a free of us. We literally like. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, let's just move on. But look, Aubameyang's not going to work, especially now that they've got rid of Tuchel as well, who was probably his last chance to to make it work in the Prem. So hot takes. One game in. Hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. Damn you, Pierre. Broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> the signs were there, mate. Oh. When he dropped the FA Cup, that should have been it. It should have been a warning flag. This is not a serious guy. Yeah. You know what? That actually really ranked. Like that really irked me at the time. Mm. I never said. I never said anything. But it was really annoying that he dropped the. Should have told him, mate. FA Cup. Should have. I might. I might tweet him now. Actually, yeah. he's definitely going to listen. <laughs> um, there is one more game before we move on to that England team, though. Do tell. I mean, there was a few games, and yeah, we are we are being a bit biased, only talking about the the games that involve the English teams. But you know, we're a small unit right now. We have to prioritise. And if we give you ten bloody Premier League matches a week, you can't do all the games. Not yet. When there's fun ones, we'll do it. But yeah, Hugh, go ahead, mate. Take it away. Whatever you want to talk about. No, I just wanted to go on a massive tangent about Juventus, really. Um, I'm sure not everyone's privy to it, but Juventus are really struggling this season. And they lost 2-1 to Benfica at home last night, which means they are on zero points in their group. Benfica on six, PSG on six. And Ooh. that Israeli team, Maccabi Al Haifa, are also on zero points, but that's a good one. <laughs> I, um, thought, I honestly thought you were going to say they also had some points. I was going to be like, no. No. How? No. But no. Not yet. But I think the writing's on the wall for Allegri, purely because uh, he lost to PSG, and his comments after the PSG game was like, we expected to lose this game, our focus is on Benfica. Mm. He's just lost 2-1 at home. Ooh, um, that's not a good look. And after a summer of, again, big spend, with no kind of... It doesn't look like there's a lot of logic at Juventus anymore. They just love free signing yeah. midfielders who are really expensive on the wages. They can't resist the bargain. I mean? Yeah, they can't resist the bargain. I mean, when Joe was on last episode, he was saying that Kostic from Frankfurt had rocked up there. In the cut, cut price yep. deal, doesn't feel like that was necessary. No, no, that's what I mean. And you know, Vlaovic is looking a bit isolated up front. Seventy mil spent. On As him. an Arsenal fan, are you enjoying this? As a scorned Arsenal fan, who's now got Gabriel Jesus. I never got swept up in the whole calling him a rat on Twitter, but I was pretty annoyed at him because he did waste a lot of our time. But then you know, everything worked out in the sense that we then put our focus on Gabi Jesus for six months, which worked out great. Um, so yeah, ha 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 grass ain't always greener um, <laughs> but he does look good you know like he's probably been one of the brighter points but yeah that back three is fading you know Benucci probably doesn't have the legs in him anymore they've lost the licked yep. they did sign Bremer who supposedly was the biggest prospect in terms of defence did he play in Torino last season I think it was Torino yeah. Atlanta. I remember hearing stuff about him so he obviously made a good impression last season one of the breakout stars yeah. perhaps um, but yeah, just watch that space. I think Allegri could could potentially be going if he does not pick it up because they're struggling in Serie A as well. I think they're fourth place at the moment and we know Juventus, they are serial winners. So, um, it's quite a fall yeah. from grace after, what, 10 on the bounce or something stupid? Or seven on the bounce? Mostly under yeah. him as well. Well, there was a time when Unai was in charge, Unai Emery of Arsenal, and you know, Allegri was really linked because this is when he was... He was he was on free. I think he was free. I think this was when he'd left Juventus. So it was. Um, I think his stock's fallen. You remember I was saying to you, I was talking to Jack before we started the pod, and um, one of the things that I saw was during his seasons when he last won back-to-back Serie A titles, the XG over the season 
was way lower than the actual goal scored. So what that kind of suggests is that the UA team massively overachieved. And Jack made a good point as well in that the, the defence of Benucci, Chiellini and Barzagli probably made a massive difference to that as well in terms of goals conceded because, you know, that's an elite back line. doesn't matter how old they are. Um, and yeah, that XG's been going down every season. Mm. And, you know, now we're hitting a point where maybe this is all coming home to roost and maybe Allegri's not the manager we all thought he was. Do you know what I think it is, right? It, a lot of it just comes down to bad recruitment. It's like you say, they just they just buy random players, but the best sides plan ahead and they always make sure that, you know, like in a, in a small way, like Brighton, they sell their best players, but they have a plan of who's coming in. They don't just see who's available and then go, oh, do you know what? Ramsey's on a free. Like, should we just go for it? You know? Like, mm. they already know who they're going to get. And if an opportunity arises, they assess it based on their needs. But it feels like they just get carried away in the freebies and now they've just got this really bloated squad of people that don't fit together. Mm. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. There's not... Don't look at that team and you think, that's a really well-set-out team. I don't even know if their formation suits them. It's 3-5-2 that they're doing. I think they need to be a bit more inventive, to be honest. I think... Yeah, the old lady are getting a bit old, mate. <laughs> getting she's a bit creaking. Old, so she's creaking. Yeah. So what's that space? So um, yeah, tangent done. Now we've got one more bit to cover, Jack. What we got? On to England. The squad is out. Ooh, yes. Gareth's done it again. Ooh. He's named four right backs. Fuck. He's me. done it again. <laughs> He's done it again. Why has he done it? No one knows. Oh, it's a controversial one, isn't it? There's some names it's political. here that I'm like, it's political. Yeah, oh, I can't believe some of this. Yeah. I actually can't. So, okay, let's... Right. Shoot. Right. How I think we should do this, or I'm just being really butting in here. Should we just go position by position? Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking as well. We go position by position. We talk about who who we're not sure about, who we think should be in, if, if there are any, which there are, because come on, Gareth. And then on, Gareth. Any, other, any other business. Sounds good. Right, so goalkeepers. We've got Dean Henderson, Nick Pope, and Aaron Ramsdale, obviously Pickford's out, so that makes sense. Yeah. Perfectly happy with that. Same. Gareth, you've got that. You've got that done. I no think complaints Henson there. Henderson definitely deserves it. Pope's been in great form for Newcastle. And Ramsdale is good with his feet. Yeah. So it's a good little kind of mix up there. And I've got no qualms about that. It's the next section that I'm really stressed out about. So I'll let you go, Jack. Me too, yeah. I just, I just <laughs> want to add and preface it. So this is a 28-man squad. It's the last squad before the World Cup. The World Cup squad size is now 26 people, increased from 23 so it does give a little bit more wiggle room because before okay, it was just two per position and three goalies. That was literally it. So now you've got three more wildcard picks so you can have sort of, you know, a bit more of a specialist, for example. So that is interesting. Mm. So we can kind of think about that as we go through and work out the squad for the 26. But yeah, goalies, I'm fine with it. Pickford's still number one, isn't he? Like, that's not going to change realistically. Yeah. Unless he's, he's, out, unless he's out. as well. Who do we drop from the three? That's the real question. Oh, I almost got, like I'm going to completely leave my club bias at the door here. I almost think Ramsdale is at risk here. I think I so really too. Do. I think Pope's. Yeah, Pope's I think Pope been and Henson. I think Pope's got yeah. in because he he's been in. He's just a great shot stopper. Yeah, and he is. He's just really reliable. And yeah, Ramsdale's and been Hendo's, a little bit ropey. He's been a bit ropey. I have to say, like, he's flapped at a few, and obviously it's been covered up by the amount that we've won, but I'd say he's been at least at fault for at least three or four goals already over six games in the Prem, yeah. where he could have done a lot better. So 
if there was one to drop, sadly, I think it would have to be Ramsdale at this point, unless we see a sharp decline from the other two, Henderson and Pope. So what we're saying is Pickford, Henderson and Pope for our goalkeeping options for this Winter World Cup. For World Cup, yeah. I mean, arguably it doesn't matter who's a third goalie. Don't think a third goalie's ever played, so what no, else? No, but you just want them there for the vibes. For the vibes, I'd pick Ramsdale then, mate, all day long. True, true, true. He seems like a good lad. Seems like he loves it too. Yeah. Oh, we should yeah. caveat. We're thinking 3-4-3, three, three, right, for Gareth? Like, wing-backs, two in the middle. <sighs> Sadly, but that's actually a five-three-two. Yeah, deep oh, yeah down, exactly. Isn't it, isn't it Gareth? <laughs> With two isn't holding Gareth? midfielders, it's a seven-three. Fucking sufferable. <laughs> it's a joke, Gareth. Put put aside. You know what? We can, we can rant about the World Cup when it comes. Let's just get yeah. rid of this squad selection. Yeah, yeah. Right, look, right. Jack, right wing I'm back. I'm just gonna say Trent doesn't deserve to be in this squad. I'm sorry, he doesn't. No, no, mate. I I don't know if I don't know if you fully digested my feelings about Trent on the last pod, but he's pissing me off, mate. He's pissing me <laughs> off. He's not fucking running or tracking back. He's fully given up on defending if the ball goes past him. I'm not saying yeah. he's a bad defender. I refuse to accept that because he gets targeted, but he stopped trying to defend properly. So on current form and knowing that Gareth hates him and, and he's got a weird. wing back. Why, why would Southgate include him now when we know he doesn't like him and like when he was in his best form, he wasn't even part of the team. Exactly. Makes no sense to All me. All I'll say I'll is, replace him. he could be Sorry, the, yeah, he go. could be a wild card because there's three more slots, so he could be a wild card pick. Um, to be fair, maybe this is the last time Gareth will get a chance to see how Trent does. So from that aspect, I get that. Yeah, because um, it is someone he's underused. So maybe you know, let's caveat that that this is the last chance Gareth will get to actually experiment with these group of players. But for yeah. me, Kyle Walker Peters definitely deserves a call up if Trent deserves a call up for that right wing back slot if we're, if we're talking like for like but for me I think if this is the squad for the World Cup and it stays the same I think you've got to swap either Ben White for Trent because he can play right back as well and you've got enough right backs in the so, squad already we'll get onto this let's focus on right wing back because we'll get onto Ben Sorry. White but you are right get angry James and Trippier don't think they can play so you've got the trusted general and Trippier and probably the best yeah. right wing back in the league right now, in the world. James, maybe in the world, maybe in the world. Yeah, so I think so. Easy. I think. Yeah. I think we should I mean, do right wing backs. We should do like two per position, and then we can have a little bit of fun with the extra slots at the end. Okay, centre backs. Obviously, Maguire's got to go. I just don't know. I don't know what's going on here. What Maguire's got on? to go? He's not even playing anymore. He's rubbish, and he's not playing. Is Gareth watching football? But anymore? or is he just Gareth? Gareth, Gareth likes his leaders at the back, like Cody's captain no, of Wolves previously. No, sorry, Ming's captain dude. of Villa. He loves his captains. No, Gareth said that you have to be playing for your club to get included. He's chatting I swear, shit, like a mate. Yeah, but honestly, Gareth, like you had so much like universal love on that. You can't be now just going against your word because I'm getting confused. It seems a lot to me like your allegiances with Harry Maguire. It doesn't matter what his form's like, and that's not how you win these tournaments, mate. So I agree. On on form, he's, he shouldn't even be close. He's not even in the top six or seven English centre backs. Shouldn't even be in discussion, mate. No, not even in a backup slot. So, what do you think then? Because we've also got um, who have we got? We've got bloody Mark Gehi, Eric Dyer, and Connor Cody. Connor Cody's a bit rogue. I know he loves Connor Cody, but I think again, he's just a good squad guy, isn't he, Cody? He's just a good guy. Yeah, but that's... you need that in his squads. But it's stupid, isn't it? Like surely. Surely Ben White, ben White surely has to be in discussion. Ben White is a shock emission for me. Can't believe that. So, just something must have happened. You know what I mean? Like there has to be something that he doesn't like about Ben White. He's playing in the an top Arsenal of the league team for God's sake. Shit. They're 
not conceding too yeah. many goals. He's playing, he's and he's playing, playing right a right back. back. So, bit of, you know, loves a right back. Bit of cover. But he still plays through the centre. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, yeah. I, I'm all here for, for, for Kaya Tomori's inclusion. 100%. Well deserved. He's well deserved. the most successful English defender on this list, really, apart from maybe John Stones. Won the Scudetto. Yeah. I think he was team of the season. Nailed on starter yeah. for me. Exactly. And Mark Gahey, solid. Good player. Yeah. Underrated. I mean, Just if, goes unnoticed. If, if you're going to pick a squad, right, and you put Cody in there or Dyer. Might as well just go Gehi because at least like he'll get experience and get better over time. So like, what's the mm-hmm. point of Cody? He's twenty nine or thirty now. I know playing for an Everton team leaking goals. Yeah. Uh, also, honourable mention to Kyle Walker for that right back slash centre back so, hybrid. Yeah. Slot. So Kyle Walker Five. is a centre back for this, and he's nailed on for sure. We need that. Yeah, he's good. So that's back like White, for sure. Walker, Stones can't argue with Stones. No, Stones Tamori, Co- Cody and Maguire and Luke Shaw should go. Um, so, left back. so mate I've got one more centre back that I think is oh yeah this this makes so much sense Adam Webster right he's 26 or 27 he's Brighton's probably best centre back now um, Brighton are absolutely smashing it not conceding a lot of goals oh, he plays God, free yeah, at the back a monster yeah 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 again weird weird he's that there's no Brighton so solid. he's you know an 8 out of 10 each week totally understated marshals that defence with Lewis Dunk at least for Cody. That's what I mean. At least for Cody. Minimum. Yeah. Nah, it doesn't make any sense that. So that seems an easy one yeah. for me. Um, yeah, weird. So left wing back, what are you saying? Chilwell. Chilwell, fine. Luke Shaw's got to go. Can you, can you play Chilwell if Kukurea plays all the minutes and Chilwell plays no more games? I still say yes, but... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I still think Chilwell's our best left back. I'm trying to think of English left backs beyond Luke Shaw and Chilwell. I'm struggling. So... Rico Henry at Brentford. I would have given him a trial run. I'd give him a trial run over Shaw because you know what Shaw's about. Shaw, to mm-hmm. be fair, Shaw has not disappointed in the Euros, so he'll probably be in. Look, he scored the goal in the final, but beyond that, he is just—he's rubbish this season. <laughs> is he—is he playing right now? Is he the starter? Malassia is playing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a worry if neither of the two left wing backs go, who have actually played any games. Yeah, exactly. I had a wild card. This is weird. Ryan Sessegnon. He's not playing every game, oh, but... No, that's a shout. That's a shout. Playing left wing back Luke under Shaw. Conte. You know? He's looking he great under Conte. Yeah, and he plays the wing back well, and he's played as a winger before. And he's looking pretty, like, physically, he's looking pretty strong now. Yeah. And dangerous on that left-hand side. Yeah. That's a great suggestion, Jack. Get Luke Shaw out of there and put Young in. I wouldn't be unhappy with 100%. that. 100%. I know there's a safe option, no. but fuck it. Let's have some fun. Young could be around for 10 years, mate. Yeah, yeah. And he does play the system. And again, you know, like he's playing really well this season. Way ahead of where Luke Shaw's playing. It's just... Yeah, and under Conte, oh, he's, he's coming a long way. I know, Gareth's so loyal to his detriment he's con- sometimes. He's conning us. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you almost got it right. But anyway, midfield. Midfield. So, I always get sad about a midfield because I realise that after about three, it gets really sad really quickly. You know, like where we were like, oh yeah, who should we pick? We've got like Gerrard, we've got Lempard, we've got Skulls, we've got all these great players. And now it's like Rice, guarantee, Bellingham, guarantee. Obviously, they're both great. Phillips, guarantee. I'm not disappointed by this midfield. I think this is a quality midfield. You think so? Because you've got to remember, these are just like centre mids, central defensive mids. These aren't wingers, so to speak. True. Um, and like, I think a Bellingham, Rice, in my head, I could be wrong. <laughs> a Bellingham, Rice pivot would be incredible with Mount just ahead of him with Ward-Prowse and Calvin Phillips as backups 
they're all quality, in my opinion. They're all good. Calvin Phillips, Calvin Phillips, maybe not because he's played like two minutes this this season. I swear he has, but, but he's going, and we know it. And I can't honestly think of a better option. I'd rather have a Calvin Phillips who's been training under Pet for six months than someone else. So whatever. Yeah, I'm just trying to think who else could go in there. Like, what English midfielders at the moment? It's, are it's, it's Henderson is the next cab off the rank, and he's. Even as a Liverpool fan, Not Hender, yeah, he's never played Hender that well it. for England. If you want a bit of leadership, because it is quite an inexperienced midfielder, you bring Hendo. But otherwise, I think you stick with that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I still think that's a solid midfield. Though I'd love to see Ward Prowse actually go to the tournament. Do you know what? I, I like the idea of Ward Prowse because he's underrated, and as a wild card, you get a free kick in a good position. Honestly, bring him on. You need a goal. I'd be so up for that with five subs. Just bring him on. Let him take it. Take him back off after he scores. Mm. Mm. Do that into his little golf swing. Yeah. Love that. Um, and yeah, get him on. So Madison. Madison's been left out. I think this is really controversial because he's actually been a much higher performing midfielder than Mount or than Grealish yeah, or than plenty of these players. His numbers are much better. I think he's the third highest scoring I'd English like to player see him this there season. Amount. I really would like to see him in there instead of Mount, uh, actually. Yeah, I think right. Rice, Bellingham... Madison axis is quite nice on paper. Different skill sets. This is where the whole Gareth's preference and his personal loyalties kind of come oh, come to the play. And it's really frustrating, actually. It's really frustrating to see because they're definitely... This is not based on form anymore. I'm sorry. No. It's just not based on form anymore. No, mate, because Madison's in great form and, yeah, he brings something a bit different. He's got a level of creativity and goal scoring in that midfield that none of them have, apart from maybe Bellingham. I mean, Bellingham's got to be a starter. I don't think he's been a starter so far. He's been off the bench. Like For Gareth sure. continues with him on the bench. I'm just, he's got to get the sack. To be honest, <laughs> I actually, I actually think if he doesn't, if he doesn't perform in this chat in this World Cup coming up in the winter, he's got to go because this squad's as good as it's going to get, in my opinion. Oh, I don't know about that, this, mate. He's got this could be Harry Kane's last big tournament. Gareth's given me great vibes the entire time. He can stay as long as he wants, as long as he keeps the good times rolling. Oh. Yeah, but the precursor to this, our last friendly, what was it, 4-0 against Hungary? Yeah, that was shit. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let's just, let's just yeah. see. We'll see after the tournament. If it's a shit tournament, then yeah, probably changing. But he's earned the right to to just go into it without any criticism, I think. Fair enough. Right, let's move on to the attackers. Yeah. Let's just go striker first, because that's easy. Yeah, so easy. So, Harry Kane, Ivan Tony, I agree. And Tammy Abraham. Yeah, Brilliant. boom, boom, boom. Danny Ings on retainer. <laughs> <laughs> Any injuries, get him on that plane. Oh, I don't even think Danny Ings would be next in line. No, but Callum he's Wilson, probably, maybe? He's probably like 10th in line, mate, but who cares? Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. I think that's great. Tammy, Harry and Ivan, quality players then. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. really good forwards, like actual centre forwards. So I'm happy with that. Very happy. happy as Larry. Very, very happy yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, and then the wingers, mate. Right wing, it's got to be Saka, easy. But then who? It's actually really imbalanced. About, I think about 75% of all of our wingers are left wingers, technically. Um, so right wing is actually quite light. And Bowen is the current occupant of that second spot. I think Bowen, Bowen for Sancho for me. I think Bowen, Sancho showed enough to get back in the squad. Do you think so? Yeah, this season anyway. I, I really More like Bowen. I, Bowen's I like Bowen, been though. really slow. Like, I like he, Bowen too, but he's he not started season form one. That was was unreal. He was honestly like the best winger, along with like Salah and Son and Bonnet at points. He was unreal. If he can get close yeah, to that, he, 
He wasn't great for England against Hungary. Again, that was a bit harsh because that's like way. his second game for England. Every other shit mate, in that game. Hasn't been that great for West Ham this season though. though yeah, granted, the whole West Ham team has been a bit off. They're a bit in flux. They're working it all out. I think it's his yeah. to lose. I'm pretty sure he's got one foot on that plane. I Unless I Sancho has a stormer. Sancho. If Sancho shows it in the next few months, then he may be. But until then, it's all Bowens, I think. Fair. But it's Saka to start, right? Surely. 100%, mate. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'll let you off. Left wing, now, mate. The glaring, this is it. Yeah, left wing. This is controversial, man. Go on. Go, go off on your ramp. I know what's coming. So, it's Sterling all day long and Foden. Sure. But there's no Grealish. Sure. I don't think, right... Hear me out. I don't think we should bring Grealish at all based on current form. If you think about all the players who are playing better than him for that position, Rashford's more interesting. Probably going to end the season quite strong as like a dual dual position. Harvey Barnes, mate. Harvey Barnes is decent. He plays left wing. Anthony fucking Gordon is playing better than Grealish right now. He plays left wing. But, but, no mate, forget it, Grealish. This is who I want as our wild card. Eze. Imagine that. 20 minutes to go. (sighs) You're like, who do we turn to? Eze. Just do do it, mate. Just go for it. Do your thing. It'd be so fun. So for me, currently, Grealish is actually not on that plane. I think Eze's a great shout. Because he can play left wing and... He's a great player. He drifts in field and he'll be that kind of the maverick we all wanted Jack Grealish to be, who just seems to be yeah. none of what he used to be now, Jack Grealish. Um, yeah, Eze for Grealish for me. I'm completely on board with that. Eze for England, mate. Big up. Eze for England. I agree. Oh, come on, Gareth. Listen to the people. Listen to the people. He's too loyal. The squad's just too loyal to the people he's worked with before. That is a worry for me. It's just the centre backs. I can I can pretty much stomach all of it. No, it's just, it's just Luke Shaw, Grealish, Calvin Phillips, Maguire. Yeah, but I could live with Trent, a lot of that. It's just yeah, Connor it's just, Cody. It's just it's Connor Cody and Maguire that I just can't. I can't fathom it. I cannot fathom it. So when you got Ben White Maguire, and you've got Webster, I cannot. Oh God, I can't. No, it's just unforgiving. It's almost like he he's too scared to drop Maguire because he knows that that the the, the papers will go mad, yeah. like the media will go mad, everyone will go mad if he gets dropped. But it's like a it's a double edged sword because you're gonna get mad if he's in the squad. Like it makes me more mad. I'm wondering who's gonna get he's mad like, at this point. Like who's not watching football and getting mad? Like Harry Maguire is bad at football currently. That's kind of a fact. It's not really even a hot take. No, I mean other countries are laughing at us. You know, yeah. like they see it too. It's not just us. Like. Look at Man United. Really How much better have they got? I know. I know. It took them, what, like three years to figure this out? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he may, by, by the time the World Cup squad gets announced, he may not even be on the on the plane, but... He, I'm sure he will be. Having played no I minutes. Yeah. I'm sure he will be. He's a trusted lieutenant what would you, Gareth. What would you give this squad announcement out of ten? I think as a final squad I'd give it like 7 out of 10 because it's mostly yeah. okay but I would have liked to see a bit more form and just logic applied but then maybe maybe we as armchair fans actually don't know what it's like to just put together a squad for a few matches maybe having people who yeah. just like each other and know how to play together is actually all you can do well, uh, let's say we beat both Italy and Germany, then he's a genius, and we know nothing. Yeah. If we get hammered like we do against Hungary, then people can be baying for his blood right before a major tournament. So, 
it's just a very kind of critical squad to get right. And I think for the first time ever, people are having doubts over Gareth Southgate. I think people get a bit sick of this 5-3-2 kind of style that we've implemented that is, you know, effective, but mm. just can't help but feeling like we're, ta- we're not tapping enough potential out of the squad that we've got. But hey, I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. Yeah. They're still back, the boys. But some big games against Italy and Germany. That'll be interesting. Yeah, mate. It's a results business, though, in international football. So if he just sets up to not lose mm. and we have enough attacking talent to nick some goals, I can live with that. I can totally live with yeah. that. That's fair. That's fair. I'm with you there. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. We did it. I think we've. We did it. Nice smooth pod this one. Well, let's see. Apart from the first half, well, all sounding like you're in a box, but apart from that. Yeah, it literally sounds like I'm uh, recording myself with a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologise again. Um, it's been a, it's been a little while. I'm gonna have to settle back into it. So you, you know, um, give me give me some leeway. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a wrap. I think we're good. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this this episode. And yeah, we'll we'll be back next week for a slightly reduced prem review with the postponements, but still full of. Juicy, juicy analysis. That's a good point. Are we are we back next week? I don't even know when the next Prem Group games are now. I think there's at least six this weekend. Oh, there are still some going ahead, are there? I think so. Oh, yeah, there are. Oh, there are. All right. Well, then, guys, we're going to see you Tuesday, I think. Amen. Um, thank you very much for listening. As always, it's been a pleasure. Jack, have a good weekend ahead. Thank you very much. And I will catch up with you next week. Yeah, likewise. And yeah, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And good night. Bye.